Just quickly, before we start today's episode, I have some news for our Australian listeners because we can finally reveal all the details of our upcoming tour, Behind the Glass Live, Down Under. We're going to be doing these four huge events and right now I'm going to tell you where they're happening, when they're happening and how you can attend. Uh, all four events are going to follow a kind of similar format. Essentially, they'll kick off with these huge open doors, cars and coffee style meet and greets. We want as many of you to turn up as possible, whether you're arriving in a car, by foot, on a motorbike, in a coach. We don't really care. Just come hang out and say hi. Uh, then a smaller, more intimate crowd will move inside each of the venues for the traditional seated podcast recordings. Now, the podcast recordings are ticketed and tickets are limited depending on the venue size. So yeah, not everyone will be able to join us inside for the podcast recording, but if you don't, hopefully you can still hang out and say hi to us during the Cars and Coffee meets beforehand. So we are kicking things off on Saturday the 4th of November at the Young Timers Garage in Melbourne. We can't wait for this to be our initial event. YTG meets BTG meets STG. It's going to be amazing. Things will start around 8am with the podcast recording a little bit later in the morning, probably around 10ish. The next day, Sunday 5th of November, will be in Gold Coast at the awesome Next Level Performance. Things will start there around 10am, so a little bit later in the morning. Then on Wednesday the 8th of November, we'll be in Sydney at Stash, the incredible storage facility, for our first ever evening behind the glass live event. So rather than cars and coffee, probably be cars and non-alcoholic beers. Uh, but yeah, things will start around 7pm with the podcast recording starting around 8.30, 8.45. Hopefully that allows enough time for those of you working in central Sydney to, to get out to stash. And then finally, on Saturday the 11th of November, we'll be in Perth at Auto King Western Australia for another morning event. Now, if you do want to get tickets for the podcast recordings and submit your cars to be rated by Tony, good luck. <laughs> um, you can head over to scenethroughglass.online and go to the events section. The tickets are going incredibly fast, so you should really get a move on. You'll see when you go to the event section, you can also get a free cars and coffee ticket. You don't need that ticket. It just helps us estimate numbers so we can let the venues know how many people might be turning up. But tickets for the CT podcast recording are essential so grab them now whilst you can anyway we'll leave it there for now plenty more information to come i'm sure in the weeks ahead once again online. head to the events section for now let's crack on with this week's episode hello one and all and welcome to behind the glass your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts no 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 i'm sam from the youtube channel seen through glass i'm tony from gravelwood car sales and you can watch us each week we hope you enjoy the episode Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Behind the Glass. It's an exciting day here in the studio, but also a nerve-wracking one, because we have new technical equipment. Yeah. And I haven't given myself much time to get used to it before we've launched into a recording session. <laughs> we spent the last 15 minutes saying hello into the mic. Yeah, basically. yeah. Hello, hello, <laughs> check, one, one, two, one, two. We're still not happy. No. But I think what you're hearing is fine. I think we're not enjoying the feedback in our cans. As much. You know, that's a very, um, I'm going to call that an industry expression or, or phrase, the cans. That's what, that's what we've got in our head, Tony. Cans. They are cans, yeah. And in previous years, me especially, we wouldn't, I wouldn't really pick up on all this crap. 
but I do now. Yeah, now you're As very in, aware. I of understand it. it all now. Well, the thing that we don't have active right now, which is what's stressing me, is our compressor. This is getting very technical. No idea. But a compressor compresses our vocals uh, to give a nice, you know, uh, flat line level. Right. At the moment, we're a bit all over the place. So, yeah, if you're listening, you're in the car, you've got your headphones on, and you think at one minute, I'm shouting, then Tony's whispering. Then I, we apologize. We will mm. figure it out. This is the Rodecaster Pro 2, and I'm very excited to have it. I literally unboxed it about 10 minutes before Tony got here. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just oh, okay, it, fine. It I'll let you off then. Yeah, well. You know. As long as it's recording, mate, it's all I ever It's recording, about. and I think I can do a bit in post, you know, uh, to, right. to sharpen things up. But okay. Yeah, apologies if we're all over the place. Uh, but anyway, uh, nice to have you all with us. Uh, I wonder where, you know, I always think this, I wonder when people are listening, because we're recording, full disclosure, on a Monday, lunchtime. It's a, it's a public holiday here in the UK. Yep. Uh, managed to get Tony out of bed, and he um, he's out of bed. <laughs> joking? What do you do on a public holiday? Work normally. Do you still work? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know it was a public holiday. No, you didn't. Till I told you. Yeah, it doesn't affect me. It's a bit low, but that's because we obviously don't work. You do work traditional days and hours, though. Theoretically, hours probably not. Uh, but more more so than you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. As in. Uh, Monday to Saturday in general I normally try and have a Sunday off if I can uh, most of the time I do have a Sunday off actually um, but yeah a, a bank holiday Monday doesn't really yeah I'm only aware that it's a public holiday when I get a bounce back on people's emails right <laughs> or you're because uh, okay, sometimes you go away right sometimes you, you will go but away not, not for like a public holiday N- no not just for a public holiday but this is the first Bank Holiday Monday we've ever recorded, or is that just you being polite, assuming that I'm doing yeah, something? Yeah, because you te- you always text me saying, oh, it's a Bank Holiday on Monday, so I guess we aren't recording. And I'm like, no, we're not, we can do it. Oh, but so I don't mind, man. That's the uh, first that- time I find out it's a Bank Holiday. Oh. Yeah. Because uh, I always uh, assume your end that you want to go and do something. Oh, so- no, I assume that's what you're doing. <laughs> I assume you're like, oh. So I'm trying to be polite. Yeah, you're trying to be yeah. polite. I'm like, I assume you mean like dealership's closed, so I've got the day off. By the way, you were just a bit hot on your laugh there, so I'm just going to bring your. You're going to bring me back down. Bring you back down because that yeah. was aggressive. That laugh was right in people's heart, like too much. too much. Let's let's just knock you down a few levels. But now, now I don't think I can hear myself. No, you're fine. You're fine. Right? It won't affect you. But just just be careful because that that laugh, wow, nearly blow your speakers out. Yeah, caught me off guard. Let alone anyone else. Okay. You have to practice. Do you know the Beyonce technique when you get to a microphone? No. God, we're going very music industry I'm not heavy a singer, here. Mate. So, if you if you watch Beyonce when she goes live, she goes for that big note. I actually don't know any Beyonce songs, but does you she know, pull away from the mic? Yeah, at that point? Um, yeah. So you'll watch them and like you know, let's think of some other big singers: Adele, Tom Jones, Tom Jones comes away from the he mic. goes. Does he? Because he's mo- he's compressing himself. He's keeping that level. So your big laugh come away from the right mic. into the mic. Go that out of the was, room. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Just lean back a yeah, little bit. Yeah, okay, uh, Anyway, mate, what's been going on? We've got a bit to catch up on. We have, yeah. We've both done trips in BMW M cars. Oh, well, I was wondering yeah. if we were going to talk about we, that. We yeah. need to launch into it. We two, do, yeah. Two theoretically different BMW M cars, but as it turns out, maybe actually very similar. Quite similar traits, it turns out. So you in the M3 Touring and me in the M2. So uh-huh. tell me everything. Where did you go in the M3 Touring? Uh, so... Uh, I ended up in Monaco, but went bloody hell. All right, lovely. But went um, scenic route. So 
down to sort of Dijon mm-hmm. and then up over the Alps. Lovely. Stayed in Chamonix. Sh- yeah, classic Chamonix. Chamonix. Yeah, Great yeah. stop off in the yeah, Alps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, wound my way from there, no motorway, all the way into Monaco, basically. Okay, nice. Did you do your favourite Red Rock Road? No, no, it's too no. far east. Yeah, far, uh, that's uh, too, too far west or too far east? Too north east. Well, it's too west. far west, yes, sorry, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, too far. Yeah, because I'd come down, I'd have had to go over and round. Fair, fair. Okay, so, but you found some nice roads to trickle down. Yeah, I'd done the... Um, there's a very famous road called the D902. Sure. Which is a very, very good road. Um, there's some other roads off it as well that I've done before. So I know I know all the roads. I know all the roads. So um, I've, the roads I've all done before. So uh, yeah, I had a mega time. There was a period we were speaking on WhatsApp. It was really quite funny, actually, because I've raved so much about the M3 touring and how good it is and how much I like it in this country. And I thought... Because normally it was going to fly. Um, but I thought, no, no, we'll, we'll take the BMW, we'll drive, and I, I can do some proper roads in it, um, not in this country, you know. Because it's always my barometer of how real, really good a car is when I go abroad in it and go on proper roads, you know. So it's always my benchmark, essentially. So we, after we'd come off at Dijon, we started to go on the twisty bits. And the M3 was just in its normal... Mode, no. Sport plus? No, no, just like normal, normal, normal. normal, normal. Bang normal. Because okay. I'd been on the motorway, sure, obviously. Sure, 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 um, as a As a cruising car, it's bang on. What you'd expect is nice and soft and all as it should be. So, because in general, like when, I, when I'm in the Ferrari or the Porsche, they don't need as setting up. You just turn a button on the, on the Manatino on the Ferrari, just put it in race or turn the traction off. And in Porsche, you barely do nothing. You like literally just hit one button because it's already like ready, basically. So the BMW, I just thought, well, it a bill, right? I'm not going to go that fast. I've got my girlfriend in the car. Like, I'll just have a, have a little play. Let's see. Anyway, I start firing into these out corners and it was terrible. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, this, this car's not very good. I'm fuming, like, I've said such good things about I'm really disappointed. And I messaged you. And uh, you can tell your story in a minute what you said. It's quite funny. And then uh, uh, once we got to the hotel, so I managed it for about 15 minutes. Was only well, Hansa, time. let me stop because you're getting carried away. What wasn't very good about it? Why did you go? Everything. No, but but, but come on. You're a motoring journalist now, Tony. <laughs> What what was not good? What did you not enjoy? Because how could you have till this point been having such a good time and liked the car in this country so much? Suddenly you're on a twisty out road. What are you discovering that feels crap? Okay, so um, my my real first um, thing that I picked up on was the interference of the traction control. It was like horrendous, like really bad. Um, the front was too um, heavy. The steering wasn't great. Um, brakes and uh, was no different, really. Uh, suspension was Have too... Have you got the ceramics on you? No, 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 no just no, normal brakes. The brakes weren't affected. Uh, it was rolling around the car and I thought, oh, no. But the real big thing for me was the traction control. Like, just kept cutting in all the while. So I thought, oh, this is a disaster. I mean, I... I like to the point where I thought I'm re- I'm not going to enjoy this car now. Like there was a point where I thought 
I'm not going to do the nice roads. I'm literally just going to go to Monaco via the motorway because this car's a pile of poo. <laughs> so anyway, I, I've 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 uh, I've not defeated myself. I've persevered. I've gone into the menus because I know that M cars in general sometimes they do need some buttons pressing. Even on previous M cars, they do need some buttons pressing. So I've gone in. I've turned everything up. I've turned everything off. Basically, all the traction control backed it all off. It's a different car. Yeah, it came was, alive. It was like literally no traction interference. Um, I turned it all off. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> you, would, you would hope at that point it stays away. Um, uh, uh, you know, car firmed up, steering was better. I don't, in general, I don't like the, you know, when, um, I don't know where they do it. It must be hydraulic. That's no, electric, isn't it? The steering goes really heavy on them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, when, in, when you turn them up. Turn I don't, up to Sport Plus. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily like that because it's like um, it's not like it's like a um, how would you say it's like an aesthetic feel. Yeah, it's a it's a fake feeling. It's a f- it, yeah, it doesn't doesn't feel um, doesn't feel genuine. It's not a genuine yeah. feel. Yeah, so so um, so I actually back that back a bit to try and get a bit more feeling on the road. Um, but it was mega, mate. It was like proper. The the, the things that I noticed about it when I really started to push on the back was light like i could really feel the back floating um it's a heavy car as well so st- the, the brakes are good uh, at no point did i get any fade or nothing i mean i wasn't 10 temps you know i wasn't yeah I wasn't you were my doing girlfriend but i was brisk fast enough you know so fast enough to feel the weight of the car and the 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 general like little flaws essentially. So my big take from it was the at, at higher speeds, definitely at track speeds. If you if you definitely, I'd like to go on a track on it, but I know what it's going to do now. It would be too light at the back. It's got no downforce at all. People say, "Oh, modern cars," it's got no downforce, um, and it notices, and the front end. Uh, as the the turning is good on it to a certain extent because it's a big heavy car you then really it does push on a bit but you can you can stop that a bit by trail braking but then when you really start to push at that point you're then relying on the tires and suspension more and and that window's very small because it's just got PS4s on essentially. And then you need 76 at that point and then you need to do something with the suspension. So, but it was good enough like for a road car. For an estate car. For an estate car. Like I, I, I'm being really critical because I'm like comparing it to like full on. Pistas and GT3s and li- things that you've li- taken to that road before. Li- literally. Yeah. And people like, and, until you drive both cars, you, you really... I mean, as good as the M3 is, the, the the proper supercars, they're night and day to the way they perform compared to a normal, like an M3 is a, is a, is a properly fast car in general. But when you get in a, in a proper GT car or proper Ferrari or proper Lambo, it's like another level and more and you really do notice it, you know. Well, so, as they should be. And, and it all starts course. with weight, right? It all starts with it's weight. It's always and weight. Then, yeah, yeah. In and, my opinion. And then everything from beyond that. But yeah. 
Yeah, it's fascinating. So, yeah, I obviously had the experience in the new M2, and our trip sort of basically crossed over. I was just heading home in the M2 as you were setting off in the M3. Yeah. And uh, we... Yeah, we both have waxed lyrical about M3 touring. I've spent less time in it than you have now, but big fan, was super excited to hear how you got on with the trip. I kind of assumed that you would get to the Twisties and be like, oh yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, a bit heavy. So when you sent me that note being like, oh, I don't like this car out here, <laughs> I wasn't surprised at all. I was like, you did say, I told you so. Well, I knew it. <laughs> but what did surprise me is how similar your complaints were with some of my complaints about the M2. Yeah. So you had had that M2 come and stop, but you kind of, it went straight out. No, so I you hadn't really, it, you, yeah. you literally drove it back yeah. from the dealer to your Correct. showroom. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing, well, God, maybe 700 odd miles in the M2 over the week. I Fair. took it up to Alexander's Prestige. Oh, oh, uh, quick interruption. Oh, Behind the Glass Live UK. Those of you that have bought tickets for the 3rd of December event at Alexander's Prestige. I'm afraid that event has been delayed by a week to Sunday the 10th of December. Now, given that it's so far away and the time of year, I'm really hoping that is not going to make a major difference to lots of you. Mm -hmm. Just to clarify, it's been delayed a week from the 3rd of December to the 10th. If you can no longer attend the event please email btg at seenthroughglass.com. That's btg at seenthroughglass.com if you can no longer attend the event. However, all of your tickets are still valid. So yeah. they're literally just transferring the date from the 3rd to the 10th. Um, I'll put that all over Instagram and stuff as well and you'll be receiving an email. Uh, anyway, so yes, yeah, so I took the car to Alexander's Prestige then I stayed a little bit further north this insane uh, Airbnb. Well, it's not Airbnb, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. And then I went to the North Pennines and blah, blah, blah. So nice. I, did, I did a lot of miles in the car and I really liked it, man. Yeah. Like I went into that week thinking I'm not actually that fast. Like, I don't know. M2 is obviously their, their behind the glass flagship car, but I've never like lusted after one. I think I'm maybe more of an M3 guy, Fair. especially of the new generation. So I wasn't that fast and you know, whatever. Got into it and almost immediately I was like, oh, I quite like this. Oh, mm. I quite like this. This is nice. You had a manual, right? I had a manual. I liked the way it looked. It was very nice on the motorway. Again, you, you said something very interesting there about the ride because when I borrowed the M3 Touring and with the M2, there's a firmness to the ride that is reassuringly sporty. Like, you know that the car is capable. Turn it up to Sport Plus. Actually, I found in the UK, the M2, that was a bit too brittle. But somehow... In its normal setting, it's almost McLaren like how it can dial it right back. Like, you know, it can be very livable with. Yeah. There are there are other cars that aren't nearly as sporty, but are way firmer, I think, than the most recent M yeah, generation. So yeah, yeah. M2 in its normal setting was very nice. Um just really enjoyed living with it. But, 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 but on the day when I do some went to do some proper driving. I found the weight started to raise its hand a little bit. I had the exact same thing of just going through a few corners, not thinking that I was going too fast. Like it felt on entry, like this is going to be great. It was all hooking up. The front end bites in. I was like, oh, lovely. And I just start pushing through the corner. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm in the other lane now. So that was interesting. I had a very squishy brake pedal. Not brakes, but brake pedal, which I didn't like. Long. Yeah, long. Just right. a bit, you know, okay. Once you really get into it, it felt all right. But I just, just okay. didn't like the feel of the pedal. Okay. 
Um, I so didn't you, get that. Yeah, you were happy with your, your brakes. Yeah. But the traction control thing, I couldn't believe. Yeah. So the first road I did of fun had two switchbacks. So I immediately turned oh, traction really? control off. Oh, right, so okay. literally, I, I got there and I, I sport plus traction off because like, here we go. Let's just see what happens. So then I did this first run. I was like, this car is absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> then I stopped and I turned everything off and I was doing all my shots, got back in the car and then set off and just put it in sport. And mate, like bumps in the road were cutting power. Like not even yeah. coming out of corners, like anything that just unsettled the rear end which again also felt a little bit light and squirrely because yeah. that's yeah. rear wheel drive compared to your X drive. Yeah. Um, just bogs down. Yeah. And I said in my video, it felt like a 2005 Ferrari traction control system. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really odd. bizarrely intrusive. Yeah. Which, as you say, the benefit is you can dial it all back, right? And what's great about new M products is you get those M1 and M2 buttons so you can get in, you can have the car set up. <clears> you know, I like to drive with everything off. So push, push the button, done. Yeah. But if you're in that scenario where you don't expect to be, well, I don't know, like, do you always want to be 10 tenths? Like, is it a bad thing? Is it just because we didn't realize? Or is it bad? A bit like with the Julia Quadrifoglio. Remember when that, I think they changed it, but when you had to, to get the exhaust valves open, you had to put it in race. Turn it turned, all the way off. Turn everything yeah. off, yeah. which was terrifying. Yeah. So it's annoying that there doesn't seem to be a middle ground because I did try, you know, it's got that, variable traction control yeah you can step it back it, yeah. bit by bit yeah yeah a bit like the some of the mercs yeah and i think naught is off and nine is you know safe uh yeah 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 i only found that two or three it was less even at six or seven it's yeah. pretty intrusive yeah so i didn't obviously because I, I just turned it all off mm. because uh i had an x-drive car as well and i and at that point there was no interference at all the car like, apart from it being light there was no point where the car was moving about as in um, moved about a little bit under braking. Another thing that I forgot to mention about the M3 as well. Again, I'm really nitpicking. Um, the gearbox was a tiny, tiny bit um, too slow. Hmm, very interesting. Yeah, because it's a, again, I'm comparing it to you know, the Ferrari and the Porsches where oh. they're simultaneous. But, you well, know, that's ridiculous. I, 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 no, because I'm, I'm on them same roads and it, it, that they're, they were, my, they were yeah, my yeah, references. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it, it was fine. It was absolutely fine. But um, I would have, me, myself personally, I would have liked the gears straight away, all the while. So this is interesting because this is the one point that I didn't want to bring up, but I will now because you're going to just gloat so much and it's going to kill me. What are you going to say? The biggest thing I didn't get on with with the M2 was the manual gearbox. It's too fast for the car. No, it's not that it's too fast because I'm a proper driver, Tony. Okay. Give me a manual 599 GTO. What a car. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't like the feel. Okay. It felt very cheap and sort of notchy <clears throat> and because of the gear ring basically it felt happiest in third gear whenever i went to second it just felt a bit unnecessary or if i was in fourth i was like oh, i want to come back down to third and just i just didn't enjoy the play or the movement and then there was a lot of me thinking well they do off this car as stand like it's a it's a paid for option now the it manual is now, yeah most a lot of manufacturers do that now it, is that bmw being like don't get the manual 
Like, I, I can't so. decide whether that's them being a genius <clears throat> and going, everyone's going to want a manual, so let's just charge for it and make more money. Yeah. Or they've it's gone, cool. we don't, like, this car shouldn't be a manual, so let's get the DCT. Yeah, I mean, um, without being derogatory to BMW, BMW don't make the best manual gearboxes anymore. You know, the, um, the, the ZF box, I believe it is a ZF, the the, the eight-speed box now, is a very, very good box. Is that what they've got? They've got a ZF? I'm sure they're ZF mm. boxes, yeah. I'm not 100%. Well, let's have a little Google. Correct let's, me. Yeah, but yeah, let's have a Google before we get ruined. They the normally are ZFs in them, and they're amazing now. Uh, they're not double-clutch, the torque converters, right? A ZF, well done, yeah. sir. Yeah, so um, anyway, they're, they're great gearboxes, ZF boxes in general. Um especially for normal road cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I say, the, the thing that always does me about a manual, whenever I drive a manual quickly, you only ever use two gears. But when you drive an auto, you use way more of the power band in the engine because you're in more than two gears. Like you just said, I was only ever in third or fourth in the M. Whereas if it had been the auto car, you'd have been in second, you'd have been yep. in fifth. You'd, yep. you, and, and it's the same with the GT3s, mate, because you've got one gear less. You're only... You know, when you're pushing on in, on your GT3, you're probably only using two or three gears. Well, I use all of mine, apart from probably seventh. Yeah, fa- fair enough. On what? a fast car. I'm it, talking about a, yes. a, a, a fast car, mm-hmm. which is why I always prefer automatic gearboxes because you just use loads more of the range of the engine whereas you do when you're going fast in the manual it's the last thing you want to do, keep changing gear different engagement i i disagree i i enjoy the the movement of changing gear i just i just didn't like that gearbox the feel the throw the placement of the gear knob and i just sort of thought and i'm not going to say it definitively until i've driven a an automatic m2 yeah. but but i i just sort of thought mm, and given my experience in the M3, I was like, yeah, I, I don't drive the M3 tour and go, I wish I had a manual here. No. I'm, like, no, I'm no. very happy in that car. Yeah, yeah. But the po- the problem comes down for the M2. So my conclusion was that car is a way more grown up and serious car now. It feels like a baby M4. It's a proper car. It's a proper yeah, car. Yeah. Previously, it was always, it felt like it was alongside an RS3 or an A45. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where now it really feels like a proper sports coupe. Yeah. But has it moved too close to the M4. I, I still think the M4, and by the way, you can't get the M4 in a manual in the UK either. You can only get it in a No, auto, but let's so. assume you're not paying for the optional extra and you're just getting the standard automatic M2 up against, in the UK, you can't even get a standard M4. You have to get the M4 competition. Mm. I don't, what is the, let's look at the exact price difference. The one thing I didn't do in my video. BMW M4 competition UK price. It's, do you it's want to guess? Or fifteen grand. Yeah, it'd be ten or fifteen grand. Well, do you want to guess what the list price is currently of an M4 comp? An M4 comp is yeah. it like seventy-seven, seventy-eight grand? It's gone up to eighty. Has it really? Yeah. Where the starting price for the M2 is sixty-four. 60. So that it's theoretically 15, fifteen grand. Fifteen grand, yeah. and that that will apply as you spec up because correct. M4s don't necessarily come better spec than an M2. You could probably get more options, wouldn't you, on an M4? Come with a lot more packs than M4. So you can have an ultimate pack, um, which gives you basically everything. Um, or you can have individual packs, whereas the M2, you can really only have two packs, okay. really. You have the comfort pack and the, the, the racetrack packs, which gives you the seats and the carbon roof. So for the 15, let's say, let's assume it's 15 grand more, and I haven't got my magnitude finance calculator up to tell you the monthlies, but I don't know. I, there's just a part of me that was like, I like the small 
Le. I can't call it a small package of the M2 because it's the big car nowadays. The weight's the same, though. Similar. That, yeah, very similar. Power yeah. is almost identical. And 30 horsepower. And therefore, yeah. and same torque. I th- oh, no, same torque is the non-competition cars. So the competition. Yeah. Anyway, but um, I don't know. I, I'm just like, have they missed something by making it almost too close? And the thing is, like, I think with a lot of these modern cars now, especially when you're comparing them to, unless... Because these cars now, they're so good, these modern cars. Mm-hmm. There's so many different menus and so many different ways you can drive them. Like we've always said, um, and the M3 definitely comes in this bracket. It is three or four cars in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, M3 touring a million percent, but also the saloon. Uh, yeah, the saloon as well. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, apart from having the, the, the big boot, the M the M3 saloon is just as good. It's, no, it's absolutely I saw, I saw no different. I one yesterday, I have to say. I was like, hello. Yeah. What a car. Proper, proper, proper cars. And... But the thing is, because they are so good now, even in normal mode, for most people, it's more than fast enough, and it looks after you as well. So, um, I I think probably when you're if you're comparing the M2 to the M4, there will be differences. But I think the everyday man on the streets not necessarily going to notice the differences. Because I only think you probably notice when you're really pushing on, you know? Because they will be different, by the way. They won't be the same. I think the smart choice is the M2 because... If you want an M4. Yes, if you want... Well, hey, look at us thinking. We're so in sync (laughs) these days. If you're looking at an M4, save the 15 grand, get the M2, spec to the tits. And you've got a smaller, slightly sportier package with pretty much the same offering... However, maybe the pick of the bunch is actually the M3. Yeah. Because that gets you four proper seats, still a cool look, a little bit more performance. Like, I think it would be worth the... Yeah. Per- personally. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and then the touring, you have to class differently. But I, I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed my week with that M2. I really liked it. I'm sorry, I'm going to come out and say it. I love the way it looks. I was sad to see it go. I had this one thing. So on one of the days I had to drive couple of hours south for a meeting kind of near manchester-ish that dragged on we ended up having some dinner and i drove back at night and there's something about a car at night like a new car at night got in all the headlights were amazing and the infotainment system in those bmws is super nice i had the music on loud i had cruise control but then i had like 10 miles of twisties when i got off the motorway at the end. i was like this is a wicked little i was like yeah, yeah. this is just cool it made me yeah. feel I just, I, I like, and there's something I there, there is something special about a bmw m car by the way as in i i, I never know whether it's chassis or it's just because you know that you're in a bmw mm. m car mm. and they've always managed to do it bmw right you know all the way down the years back to the e36 and the the, the e46 they they've always got something just really spe- bit like bit like a gt product pulse they've just got something special about them essentially uh, over and above like a, an amg car or an rs audi product car you know they just they just drive that that little bit better than them too it's so funny because i hated that last generation m3 m4 i despised it i used to i mean i made videos about how much i hated yeah. it this change this new era 
I'm so here for as, as so many diehard BMW fans step away from that brand, I am like diving in with two feet. But I don't, oh, I I don't think they are, mate. I mean, the fact that they've got a little bit heavier, but but everything's getting heavier now. You no, know? but like, people don't like the design. People don't like the weight. People say they're not proper drivers' cars anymore. The fact that they're more accessible, they're more comfy, they're fake sounds. Like I'm talking about the real purists. Yeah. I think there is, from that audience... And negativity. I think from the general public and people like me that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> I, I think they're becoming more appealing. And, and I, I, I prefer them over Audi and Merck at the moment, and a million what, percent. So BMW doing their job then because yeah. they, don't, they don't care about the old, the old nutcase like <laughs> us that that is really neat. Uh, it's for the sorry, match. Joe Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love we love you, Joe. We love you, Joe. But I, actually, that's a fair point. I wonder deep down what Joe thinks about bmw now because i think cut him and he bleeds for well, we bleed ferrari or porsche yeah that's the bmw guy but yeah. i don't know anyway all in all we both had good experiences right yeah I, I still honestly stand by the fact that the m3 Touring is the best all-round car do you, you want to keep it me. are you tempted i, to I keep am it? at the moment i am i mean yeah. it's done four thousand miles now yeah, so yeah. i mean i'm in it you've, <laughs> <laughs> you've lost whatever margin that was left yeah it's long gone yeah long gone well my new daily turned up. Mm-hmm. F-Pace SVR has arrived. Oh, yeah. Got the big reveal video oh, um, right. coming live on Sunday, which Can is also... Can you tell also, us anything now? Or not really? Uh, I, will, I will a little bit. Right. Um, so remember we did the garage update just before our summer break yeah. and I had it all planned out. Yeah. Oh, I lost my head since then. It's gone again? Lost my head. I'm going to... Oh, I'll talk about it on Sunday Can in I the main you, channel video. Can I tell the ladies and gentlemen what you sent me the other day? Yeah, you can. Yeah. So, so this happens. <laughs> this this happens less now, ladies and gentlemen, to what it but used to. This is quite serious. This one, so I'm quite nervous for letting you do this because this I'm really on this. But go on. Yeah. So so <laughs> Sam is. Lo- I'm not going to tell what car you look. You can. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Okay. Can tell. So <laughs> Sam is looking to replace the 360s. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what's happening. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> He's taking artistic liberty. <laughs> my conversation was this is the car i want right how could i go about it and one avenue was well i could correct swap the 360 for it whilst i look for a challenge stradale that yeah. was the because there's no stradales on the market right now no. it wasn't like all right i'm selling this 360 this is what i'm getting no so be careful okay fine don't i need know. to be a bit more artistic instead yeah, of just yeah. going. Flat. no no you were artistic you just like added all these narratives <laughs> and left out some details as i say so the premise was no Stradale's on the market. Why don't I do this whilst I wait for the Find Stradale. the perfect car. Okay. So he sends me something completely left field. It's not that left field. Well, it's really left field compared to a mid-engine supercar. A GT4 Lusso. A GTC4 Lusso, the yeah. V12. Stunning spec, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It was silver with tan. Silver with tan. Yeah, yeah. V12 car, still in still in a warranty, still Good. warranty period, from a approved dealer. Yeah. Um, they, oh no, sorry, they give you two years warranty. Sorry, still in the maintenance pack. That's important. Um, yeah, not many miles. I just loved it. I was like, what a car. Like, 180 grand, I think. Yeah. V12 that's Ferrari. a lot of money still. Four seats, room for the baby. Yeah, but there's quite a lot of four seats cars you can buy. But for I just, a, I was like, less than I was like, grand. I could sell the 360 to finally make the move up to the Stradale because next year's 10 years of seen through glass. It makes sense. But there's no Stradales on the market, and I want a very specific car. So even when they start bleeding onto the market, it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, just as a hashtag life experience, 
why not get rid of the 360, jump into a Lusso Ultimate Family Car, run that whilst it still has the maintenance pack and the beautiful two-year warranty that Ferrari are going to give me. And that gives me basically two years to find a Stradale. Hopefully, it's going to take a lot less than that. Yeah. Find the Stradale, sell the Lusso. Yeah. Bish, bash, bosh, win a win a chicken dinner. Which is perfect in an ideal world, but you already have just got an ultimate family car. <laughs> I mean, literally... 15 seconds ago you go oh I'll release my new f top or whatever <laughs> F-Pace or whatever it is I mean what, yeah, but what's that's, wrong with that's that a, that's a temporary fix isn't it that's from Jag it's the temporary car so when when's the I Lusso get the Project A when's the Lusso coming then now I don't, I don't so you know. have two of the same yeah and I got a quote on the Lusso and it's a lot of money of course everything's a lot of money now but do you but, want to know the breakdown tell me so 180 grand car yeah 40 grand in Decent deposit. 1,900 quid a month. Too, yeah, way too much money. You get too much money, mate. Yeah. I was, if it was, I was hoping it was going to be 13. Was that 1,400 quid a month? Uh, that was a four-year deal. So with, was that a Ferrari quote? Or? Ferrari finance, so yeah. I haven't spoken to Magnitude yet. Final balloon, 100 grand just under? Yeah, exactly. Grand? Uh, yeah. No, 100, 104 grand yeah. final balloon. Yeah, yeah, fair. And 10 point something percent APR. Fair. So magnitude will be slightly better because I think they can get me down sometimes to around eight-ish. But the, the residual is going to be the same. Good. The residual oh, well, you say this. The, oh, am I revealing too much? Screw it, who cares? <laughs> Come at me, Ferrari. Ferrari did admit their balloons aren't as stupendous as they used to be. They, they're pretty good. I think it's car dependent as well, by the way. Maybe. He, they, yeah. they, he was just like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Definitely do like, you know, shop. We're going to give you our best quote 100%, yeah. but it's worth going out because yeah, the, okay. the way the market is at the moment, it's worth going and shopping yeah. around. And um, so, yeah, I would hope Magnitude could maybe save a little bit off that, but it's, they're not going to get me down to 1300 quid a month. No, 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 no. So, I'm trying to do some man math to still make that <laughs> make sense, but it made less sense when it was 1900 quid a month. I bet it did. But yeah, long story short, and this is going to become clear on Sunday. I just, my head is scrambled. I. A friend of mine just gone and bought a Porsche 356. Remember that car, which I tested over in Portugal, which I fell in love with and said I want to buy one as my first classic. And I thought, well, that'd be cool. Anyway, I just, mate, I'm all over the shop. But, but, that will all become clear. In the meantime, this F-Pace SVR has turned up. So the F-Type, F-Type's gone. X3's gone. You yeah. The, is that listed with you yet? Well, it's it's on it's online, yeah. It needs a little bit of TLC. Which it needs I'm, a lot which, of TLC. Which is all booked in next week. But it is up and for sale. Vicky drives with... um. Blinkers Eye on. Shot. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, but no, uh, that will be available, yeah, at Gravelwood, I- imminently. Be- I- I- okay, so this is all I'm going to say for now. It's a great car, that I car. Well, I miss that car. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah. You know, like, I-, I know diesels are going a little bit out of fashion now, and they are, uh, I-, I-, I have genuinely seen it, especially over this last nine, ten months this year, that people really are moving away from diesels, but... There are certain cars, and I still say it about Range Rovers, that really do benefit from an, a nice linear powered diesel, and that's because of the torque. And your your X3 is one of them, mate. It literally just glides down the road. I, 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 I yeah, I miss <laughs> that car, mate. I, I miss that car. I, you know, you don't know how good something is until it's, it's gone. gone. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I already knew how good it was, and, yeah. and now it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not... The diesel ones, like I said, everyone buys the, the petrol. The yeah, yeah, F40i. Pet, which is, again, it's another amazing car. But what you can't get away from the diesel is that the, the, the torque is literally just effortless. Yeah, literally just... There's endless torque, and 
close to 40 mpg yeah what a winner where yeah. the the i you were sort of low 20s really yeah. but you look fa i've literally had the fa for, for for two weeks or 10 days now i think um took it down to devon for a couple of days been potting around in it i think my immediate reaction is a bit like i've said a million times over where d where does one need or where does when i'm this spoiled a super suv that's been my immediate reaction but We'll we'll wait and see. I do love the F Pace SVR. It's yeah, just it's, great it's just as a daily. Mm. I'm now using it as a daily for the first time ever. It was always a bit of a luxury for me before, yeah. and now I'm like living with it. And I'm like, boom. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. And there uh, was there was sorry there was on. one major elephant in the room that we forgot to mention about the M cars. Oh what the fuel? Oh God, yeah, fuel tanks. <gasps> I mean, well, it must have been worse for you than it was for me. Yeah, I mean. um... 55 litres. 55 litre tank. Disaster. That is it. Because you're just always filling up. Yeah. So even though they do all right MPG, you just feel like you're living at a petrol station. Yeah. So I was doing like mid-20s, especially on the motorway. But I'm, you know, cruising at 80, 90 mile an hour. France, the speed limit's a little bit more. Um, and I was getting probably just about 300 miles to a tank. Yeah, like mid-20s. Um, that's less than my 360 <laughs> it's, an, it's, it's, it's annoying I like, can average you know if I'm on a long trip I know I've got about three, 350 miles yeah, in the tank yeah, yeah. it's a bore when you're doing a long yeah. journey I mean your 360 is going to be a lot more to fill up by the way it's yeah, not, yeah yeah it's like a 100 litre tank I'm yeah that, that's what, that's what I'm saying I know saying, but what but I'm saying yeah. is that it's just all I'm equating it to is how often you have to stop me too because you say like the MPG's alright the tank so money wise it's it's all it's right. no different, yeah. Yeah, but it, I, I just don't want to have to be stopping every two seconds. You know, with that M2, over a two-day period, I've filled up like five times. The thing is, like, I, I don't understand it with the M2, but I really don't understand it with the M3 because in the name, it says touring. Yeah. Well, you're not touring anywhere no. because you don't do any, any, any miles to the tank. I don't want to get stuck in that somewhere. My God. No. Well, to continue on the conversation and move away from the... BMWs, even though we would love to keep going on about that. One part of my garage update headache <laughs> is that, obviously, and I've spoken about quite a lot, I, I think I still want a little electric car. Yeah. And especially now that the F-Pace has arrived, I've kind of realised, look, this is not <laughs> this is not the day. This is a great daily for me. Like, I like, hey, smoking around an F-Pace SVR, I'm very happy. This is really spiteful to fuel. But as the, yeah, as the family car. Yeah. That's where I'm like, maybe we need a little bit of help. Um, also, because like on a day like today, I'm in the GT3. Because if I bought the F-Pace, Vicky's stuck. Yeah. Vicky and the baby are stuck. So yeah. Vicky and the baby need a little run around. Or I need a little electric car to bring to the studio. Leave them with the F-Pace. So I went and drove that new Abarth electric. Oh, yeah. You keep going on about that thing. Oh. Well, because visually and mm. conceptually, I was already excited. I'm like, this is right on my street. Like, you spent 30 your grand on a bath before. So. 40. <laughs> which is kind of interesting because it's the same price for the electric one um and that was that was by the way that was probably six years ago the record edition that yes I the yellow record edition was probably six years ago yeah you're not wrong yeah yeah what a car then sold that car twice sold yeah that. i mean mate yeah. that is a collectible i should never go there'll be 100 grand at some point don't be so silly <laughs> <laughs> no but but that is probably the best abarth modern abarth made right 
that you don't care, do you? No. So annoying. <laughs> I can tell when you respond like that, you just don't, you're like, I'm not going to give you nothing. It's like a glaze. Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I, can't, I can't even eke out anything on that. So let's go back to the electric car. Yeah. Um, we both have been fans of the idea of the Fiat 500 electric best looking little city electric 150 odd miles kind of made sense we saw loads of them in monaco were like wonderful lovely makes perfect sense in the city exactly yeah. abarth came along i'm like great looks like madness i love the idea of it a few slightly gimmicky things on it that we were all like oh is this speaker under the car and yeah, yeah. Anyway, it went off uh, to drive it in the cotswolds i think in the flesh it looks even cooler the colors are the bomb they've nailed that like these lime greens and these pastel blues and a red what like they've really done well with thinking about right electric cars pretty much all drive the same so how can we give this an identity that's what they've got to do and what is an abarth identity yeah. and and i think they've captured it well in terms of adding to the looks and then the color palette again the sort of slightly questionable things coming there's like a a rock theme tune that happens when you start up. So when you turn on the ignition, it goes, What? It's so, it's so grim. I don't know if you can deactivate it. I kind of hope you could because no one wants that in their life. Like there are some cars, you know, there are some cars that just bong in an annoying way. You know, when you start up and they go, Home. Yeah. Bing. Yeah. I think Audi do it with the RS, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. It makes a, makes a noise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, it's like that. What was that uh, Lynx thing? Status quo in the boat. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but really nice place to sit, which obviously is essentially the Fiat 500 electric. Yeah, it's really nice little glass sunroof. The dashboard is big, like big old screen, like just just nice. Yeah, yeah. Place to sit, nice and modern. Fire it up, and then the speaker starts. Stupid. Well, ish. So. I don't, you won't remember, but I drove this electric Porsche from Everati a couple of years ago. No. They took a 964 or a 993 and took out the combustion engine and put in an electric powertrain. And that had a similar speaker-like device. Okay. And that one was good, but it didn't quite correlate to the throttle pedal as well because it was a development car that I drove. Right. This is much better because it really does... Well, your right foot does interact with the speaker. Right, so you can okay, rev fine. it as you accelerate. Like, obviously, there's no gear changes, which is kind of missing. But it does... It doesn't just drone. It's not just there going... Okay, fine. Not there like is a, like... A, like, not like, like a Renault Zoe that just goes... I wasn't aware that's what a Renault Zoe did. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it, it's... It is... Yeah, I, I appreciated yeah, it. Okay. And when you're pushing on, it's nice to have some kind of... Soundtrack. Obviously, you can turn it off. I couldn't work out how, but you can turn it off. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it added to, to that character and personality. Now, initially, I didn't think it felt that fast. You know, electric cars are all about instant torque and rapid, and this is an Abarth, and, you know, combustion engine Abarth are always a bit leery. You know, wants to go, wants to launch off the line. You yeah, know. but a, a, a petrol one's not that fast. But what it does is it's just the way it delivers its power. Yeah. An electric will just be like a burst of power, then it goes away. Yes, arguably. But there was just something a bit initially disappointing about it. Initially, right. I was like, oh, I like everything about this, but I don't. I don't feel that abarthy about it. It just feels like get the normal one. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what I said about a year ago when it came out. Just get the normal one and save yourself ten grand. But then, oh, here we go. But he's gonna get me. So I did a whole thing, a whole spiel. Yeah, 
oh guys, I, I feel disappointed. I was chatting to everyone. Oh, I just, and then I was like, right, well, I'm just going to blat back to the hotel where the launch was. And I blatted back at full pace. Full chat. Mate, it came alive. It is a hooligan mobile. If you really get on it, it is actually hilarious. Right. Not in necessary, like in a bit of a like, <laughs> kind of way. Like, I don't know if it's actually good <laughs> or like really fun to be driving something that small and that talky good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand you. I, I definitely came away from the day going, oh, I really like that. I Like, I really like that. Okay. And there's something to be in town in. It's got way more zhuzh. Yeah. Let's face it. How often are you taking your electric Abarth to a country lane to like go flat out? But it, it did reassure me that I could do that. Well, you better hope it's a local country lane because you ain't getting home if it ain't. Yeah, I think flat out, I probably did 120 miles on the, on the, yeah. for the range, something like that. But, you know, it's not what it's aimed to do. So, no. I, that is my leading contender, or that was my leading contender, until I got into the pricing. So, as I say, like close to 40 grand cash price, ridiculously expensive to lease. Or finance. Like, we're talking like 700 quid a month. Yeah, way too much money. Uh, and when you look at that in comparison to so many other electric cars you can now get for 500 or used ones for 400, it's very hard to justify. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So... It's a problem, mate. I don't know how I feel about it because I, I say I, I kind of want one. I think Shmi just got one as a long-term loan. Bastard. Um, but I kind of really want one and I really like it. I think it would be perfect for what I need to bop around to the studio here, to go on little missions, to just have in and around home but i don't think i can justify the price but i think it's uh, this is i could get a tie can for 700 quid a month you probably could i yeah. could i know deposit. i could you have a bigger deposit though potentially but i got a porsche so yeah that's right but that's that's the trade-off you know like with the with the with the little above you have a lot smaller deposit than you would with the tie can but that's a that's another thing but the the, the point i'd like to come back to is the um for what you're going to use it for just Blatting around here. What's wrong with the normal one? The Fit 500. Because it doesn't have the same personality. They have captured that very well. But you, you just said the only way you get the personality is when you're going flat out. No, 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 no. Not at all. The the fun from driving flat out. The, right. the, the benefit is the colours, the change of the looks, the speaker system, yeah. the vibe is there. That's what they've done so well. Right. You walk up to it and it feels exciting and Abarthy and blah, blah, blah. But if you actually want Abarth driving pleasure... That only comes through flat out. But you're fair, I understand. But then for them little pleasures that you've just said, mm -hmm. just to make you feel a little bit better, please, you're paying another two or three hundred pound a month more. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem, mate. Sure, that's the trade off. Uh, I'm I'm with you, and 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 I don't think the trade off was so big when it came to the combustion engine Abarth. No, it's not. Yeah, and because the, the price difference for a, for a start is not as not as long either. It's not as big. Um, and they're different money from new. Mm. They're, you know, they're 20 odd grand and when they're used, they're 10 or 15. And I think if you've got... riot, them cars. Uh, One million percent, I know that. But if you if you got an electric Fiat and wrapped it in a cool colour and put some slightly better wheels on it, which is hard to do with an electric car, I think, I think that's your winner. Yeah. I think the Abarth electric feels a little... They just messed up the pricing somehow because mm. otherwise i would hands down how it's cool yeah. as a little electric car it's one of the coolest hot hatches there but there's a lot there's a lot of electric cars <laughs> in the market that are cool but not in the hot hatch territory we're mm. still waiting for that 
Well, all the Hyundai stuff is big. The Peugeot, I wouldn't call a hot hatch. The Mini, I wouldn't call a hot hatch. No. The Fiat is a hatchback, but not a hot hatch. The the Honda E, not so there's not no. much sporty. And I know I've just said that you don't really get the sporty driving until you're really flat, but sportiness or hot hatch vibes, I don't think is necessarily all about driving. You, you want to be able to capture something in it the rest of the time. Yeah. And actually, do you know what? The... Um the electric thing, when I was talking to my daughter the other day, she's nearly seven, all she goes on about is, Daddy, when I get bigger, I want a turquoise Fiat 500. Oh, look at and, that girl. And she wants electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. All, because yeah. it's already being installed into Good the on, kids yeah. now yeah, perfect. to have electric. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's all she talks about. She can about. buy my used dabble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so, so I, I'm, I'm on a bit of a hunt at the minute, so I'd love to get some feedback. Those of you out there running i think i'm going to say small electric cars i don't want an suv i mean like the dream is still a taycan obviously the dream is a taycan i just don't think i can justify a taycan because i don't you know, i don't need oh, i want one anyway so let's say small electric cars so honda e's peugeot e208 mini electrics fiat 500 e's what else is in that category you know that kind of ilk if you're running those cars please let me know in the comment section below and how you're getting on and how you're finding it and Oh, um, Cupra, Born, that's a bit bigger. ID3, they're a bit bigger, but still, that kind of thing. A hatchbacky electric car. Uh, Cupra's supposed to be quite good. Cupra's supposed to be great, I've yeah. heard. Cupra's, I think it looks the bomb. I really like that, actually. But yeah, the Ionic 5 and 6 are too big for my, for my liking. What car to have for you? What? Get that, that new little MG thing. Yeah, my neighbour's got one. The, yeah, it's really good. The, I mean, that's a fast about, old thing. What about the X one? The thing is, I don't, I don't love the way they look. All right. Do you know what I mean? I don't love the way they look. Because <laughs> everyone says the Peugeot is the best one. And I've been working with Peugeot what a lot look this at? year. No, to drive like as a little hot city hot right. hatch. Apparently the Peugeot is the best one. And I've been working with Peugeot loads this year. But I don't love the look of the 208. Yeah, I really like the 308 and the 508. The 208 just doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah. If I'm buying my first electric car, I kind of want to get one that I want, not one just because of how it works. You know, you know what else I noticed when I was in France as we were talking about uh, French cars. Go on. Everyone in France got a French car. Very proud, aren't they? They're very yeah. proud. They've got. They literally got Peugeot, Citroen, oh, like Renault. E- yeah, every like, nearly brilliant. every single mm. car is French. Yeah, yeah. I oh, really like that. It's good. You see lots of Alpines. Yeah, yeah. They're very proud. Yeah, it's, they are. You know, yeah. Fair between, play. Um, I think Americans and French, very maybe loyal. Maybe Japanese are the most loyal to their own I manufacturers. Agree, yeah. um, we'll see when we get down to Australia how many Holdens. Will there be? Well, less so, because I think they've all gone... They, they, they don't exist anymore, do they? Oh. <laughs> but you can see if you're a fair few utes. Utes. Get some utes. Get behind the wheel of some utes, Yes, maybe. please. Oh, God. Um, we've got some exciting plans, actually. So hopefully you would have heard at the start of the episode we firmed up our plans for the Australian tour, which is going to uh, correlate in a load of Australian episodes, uh, live show episodes, but also hopefully one or two normal episodes talking about our experience in Australia. We're going to be doing some road tripping, um, test driving some cars, visiting some people. So it should be a good old experience. We've got a lot on, haven't we? Are there any, I don't think you're going to know, but are there any Australian cars or any like iconic Australian things that you'd like to do in Australia? Be nice to give it the big and on the off, on you know, when they're in the outback and stuff in something leery. Yeah, you'd like to go and do some red dirt driving. Yeah. Fair enough, noted. I'll try and make that happen. In, 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 a, in a pickup. 
in a in a ute in someone's back garden basically we need like a grenadier yep yeah, yeah that'd be good um before that though we've also got our, we've got a trip to the alps don't we very the Aust- soon austrian alps yeah very soon looking so forward to that end of september Tony taking, and I the are taking the gt3s on a bit of a trip down to the pirelli p0 experience uh at the Osterlake ring it's not called the Osterlake ring anymore is it called red bull red ring? bull Sorry. ring yeah. yeah that's a bit of a throwback um so that'll be mega so yeah we've got some exciting stuff coming up it's going to be a pretty hectic second half of the year uh so make sure you're subscribed now to this youtube channel turn on notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes uh you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, etc uh, we've got our first live event this weekend at podium place in newbury so next week's episode will be our first btg live of sold the out year all sold out sold mate. out all sold out hopefully australia will be the same uh we'll be doing some rate my rides and having a bit of chat about other bits and bobs going on in life uh, in the meantime if you want to follow tony he's at tony gravelwood car sales on most social media platforms you can also follow me at seen through glass including uh my new subscribe or subscription uh, offering on instagram uh offering some more behind the scenes and live updates uh over on instagram now so you go check that out otherwise yeah we'll be back with you for our live event from Newbury next week. Bye-bye. See y'all.